What's up, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of Broken Hearts Club. Finally, the second episode is here. Um, I just want to say that, um, for the record, um, this show is really hard for me to do. Um, I, I, it takes a lot to get my um, my mind where it needs to be to do the show and hopefully not like destroy myself while I'm doing it. Um, so sometimes it might take a little longer in between um episodes depending on where i'm at mentally but you know it is what it is i guess <clears throat> but um after the first episode i got a lot of really great feedback which was really awesome um a lot of people really uh felt like they helped them a little bit um took some stuff away from it that you know made them feel a little bit better about what they're going through which is the whole point of this thing um you know it's 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 definitely it's what I wanted it to It had the reaction that I was hoping to get. Um, the feedback was amazing. Um, some feedback was, um, less, not, not, not that it wasn't positive, but like when you're in a certain state of mind, you, there's certain things you don't want to hear, like, um, snap out of it. Um, you know, God's God's got your back like some things like like stuff like that like I appreciate all the feedback and I know that people are are reaching out and being trying to be helpful and stuff like that but sometimes you're in like the certain mode and again this show really has no format it's going to be mostly just stream of consciousness me talking and you know trying to get through it basically whatever is coming up in my head and in my heart or whatever um but one of the things that I, that I really happened to me since the last episode was I started taking um, medication to help to help me but I, I took medication before and it helped me but then I was like well I'm not taking medication th for the rest of my life just to be happy I said like that's not normal to have to take medicine to be happy like that's crazy so I would get off it and then you know I would crash again and it would be like oh here we go again so after like a couple bouts of doing that, since this last, um, since I did that first episode, since then I'm back on the medication and um, a couple of things have, I've realized a couple of things about myself and, and about like depression. And the first thing I needed to learn was that depression and sadness are two different things. Like people get sad. It's just part of normal life. And I think when people are sad, they, they mislabel it as being depressed. And I think that, um, you know, I think that to know the difference between that really helps you um, get through the day. <clears throat> For me, I, I realize that depression, that I need to be on this medicine because it's it's a disease. It's like, it's something that I'm going to have to deal with every single day for the rest of my life. It doesn't just go away. Um, it's, you know you're depressed and, and you're diagnosed as somebody with depression just as like you're diagnosed with, uh, you know, cancer or whatever it is. You, you got to take medication to treat it. Um, so that's what I've started doing. And I got to tell you that it really, the side effects to this medication has put me on, the first two weeks put me on my ass. Like I was, I was out of it, man. Like, throwing up every morning and then throughout the day just dry heaving, walking around dry heaving for no reason. Like people probably think I'm crazy walking to the bathroom down the hallway like gagging. They're like, what the hell's up with this guy? But, you know, it's it's part of it. Um a couple other things that I've realized and and self realization has really become key to me 
dealing with my depression and and realizing that you know you you have to learn how to try and balance what you're going through but you also got to be a dad you got to be a husband you got to be a boss you got to be a friend you got to be an employee you know you have to live your life and and somehow get through it you know but some days they're just not easy to do like some days i'll get up and i'm just like i don't i can't get out of bed today man like i you know i can't do it and i know that some people you know they're able to just kind of roll out of bed and, and and get on with their day and and that's great but then there's there's other people who, who handle it differently where they're you know you just want to hide from the world for as whatever that day or however long you're in that funk for. And I'm one of those people like it's I wake up and I never know what Frankie it's going to be. Is it going to be, oh, just a normal day, Frankie? Is it going to be I'm crushed today, Frankie? Is it going to be, you know, happy Frankie? Is it going to be the best dad in the world, Frankie? Is it going to be the worst husband in the world? I don't know what it's going to be when I wake up. Um, so every day, you know, it's like a new, it's a brand new day. And on the days that you have to like get through and, and I'm talking to people that, that are going through it, right? Like I'm talking to like, for, I'm just, I'm just telling my, the way my, I, the, how I feel and, and I'm sure that other people are feeling the same way. And that's kind of who I'm talking to. So you'll understand what I say if you, if you're going through it, like to get through a day where you're struggling it's exhausting, man. Like you have to put on such such a show for everybody. Like you wake up in the morning, do whatever you got to do, then you get to work. And then you got to be that work person and the, and all you want to do is just go home and crawl up in your bed, right? And then when you get home, you got to be the dad and the husband, you know? But all you want to do is crawl up in your bed and and hide from the world. And it's so it's so, um, for me, it's so, it's sad because I know that it's not fair to the people around me. I know it's not fair to my son and my wife that, you know, I have to, sometimes, I, sometimes I, it's a show for them too, right? And it's not fair to them, you know? And it, it's not, you know, it's not what they signed up for, you know? So you start to feel guilty about that. You feel guilty that like, I, I was, I was, I'm going to tell you a story. So I was helping my son get his football uniform on, um, right. Kind of when I started, um, taking this medication and, uh, I started dry heaving, right. Just like I told you I do. And he was like, daddy, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine, buddy. It's just my medicine. What's your medicine for? Well, buddy, daddy's, um, you know, Daddy, daddy's got some sadness over, um, you know, from something that happened to him when he was little. And he said, you know, was it from that guy that bullied you when you were, when you were younger? And I said, well, yeah, I it, mean, it's from him, but he didn't bully me. He did things to me that, you know, you shouldn't do to people. And I'm trying to explain this to a 10 year old without like really explaining it to him. And I said sadness because he doesn't know the difference between sadness and depression. And I know that. But I, I should have known better because because I slipped up and then I later on in the conversation I said, "It's all right, buddy. I'll take this medicine and I won't be depressed anymore." And he and he said to me, "Daddy, you're depressed. Are you going to kill yourself?" Like to hear my son say that to me was like a knife in my heart, right? Like 
I felt so guilty that now my son worries about me, you know, like he shouldn't have to worry about me. And I got to carry that guilt around. But at the same time, you know that you can't just snap out of it. And all you want to do is snap out of it. All you want to do is just live a normal everyday life. But you and you can see it, you know, like you can see the life that you're supposed to live and you can see all the things you want to do. And but you can't like you can't help it. Like you can't just turn it off. Like, I want to just turn it off, you know, like I want to just I just want to say, you know what? Fuck depression. I'm done with it. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to just like live a normal life like anybody that doesn't suffer from depression. Right. But I can't like I I don't even know how to like you just wake up and you're just like, all right, this is I'm going to deal with this again, you know. And the other thing that's happening is like I feel because of this depression, I feel disconnected from everything like i feel like i'm not there like if i'm with you i feel like i'm not there you know like um i watched the eagles game at my parents house and the whole time i was there i didn't feel like i was there like i feel like people were like we were talking and and everything was normal we were watching the game just like you would normally do but the whole time it's like i'm faking it you know what i mean like I'm faking, I'm faking having fun with my family. Like, that's insane. Like, that's not who I am. That's not who I want to be, at least, you know. And I, and I know that people are going through the same thing. Like, you're, you're disconnected from everything. I'm doing all these awesome things with, like, with John and doing the podcast and stuff with Wildfire. But I'm not enjoying it like I should be enjoying it. Like, these are things like, you know, we're hanging out and talking with people in the sports world you know, being credentialed for Sixers games and being down there with in the media and stuff, and and I'm sitting there and I'm and I'm not enjoying it like I would imagine I was supposed to be enjoying it. Like I'm not getting out of it what I thought I would get out of it, and it's not that the situation is not what I expected to be. The situation is like it's overwhelming. It's it's like amazing, but but my heart won't let me enjoy it and then i feel guilty about that i'm like oh my god i'm living this dream that i had and i can't even get into it you know and it's just like the guilt of this depression has been it's been a lot to handle um recently you know and i look around and like you know there's people that are sick and there's you know people that are going through chemo and like there's people that lost loved ones and and then you know I'm sitting here having suicidal thoughts and I'm like, and, and the those people were like, probably like, yeah, right. Dude. Like I would trade places with you. Like in my mind, I feel like that's what they're thinking, but like, you know, that's the depression getting in your mind again. It's like, you know, why, why are you look at Look at how awful of a person you are that you're, de- you're walking around here all sad and depressed. Meanwhile, you got a wife and a son at home and you got a job and you know, you're better off than some people. You know, how dare you, you know, be sad and depressed like that's that's a shitty feeling to have. And I know that it's the depression, you know, pulling me down. I was I watched this, um, the Brian Dawkins special on the NFL Network. And one of the things that he said was like, you know, the depression is always there waiting for you when it's talking. It's talking to you. Right. Like I'm paraphrasing. I don't know exactly what he said. And he said, you know something along the lines is like it's just waiting for you like 
every time something happens, it's waiting for you to fall down just a little bit closer, closer to the bottom so they can grab you and, and swallow you up again. And, and that's what it feels like every day. It feels like you're walking on like eggshells and you're walking around this like pit of darkness that you know, you know, you can slip any moment and be back in there. That. And that's kind of what you got to deal with when you're, you know, battling depression. And, and that's kind of been my roller coaster ride here for as long as I can remember, you know. Um, the the thing that I wanted to do with this show was just to um, help people, at, like just by with my story, you know, and knowing that my story is not original. It's you know, it's happened to a lot of people, um, and by and what I'm saying is like I am still not good, you know. I'm not in a great place. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get there. Um, I'm not saying at all this is how you should do things. This is how you shouldn't do things. It's just this is what I've done and these are the things that I've done and, and the things that I'm dealing with um, that are kind of getting me to the point where I'm at now where I can talk about it um, and, and try and help other people with it. Um, in the studio today, I got John with me and you all know John from, you know, growing up with me and being on 215 Live and all that stuff. And, um, you know, we've been doing, we've been, having these conversations off the air for years, you know. Um, but I brought him in here, and he's going to, you know, jump in. He's going to share his story when we come back from the break in a little bit. Um, but, I mean, he'll, he'll, he can, you know, tell you, like, it's funny for me, like, and, and he would know from, like, when he lived with me, that, like, when you get into it, when I would get into my zone, I would feed that monster, right? Like, I would, like find the saddest music and I would like write the darkest things and do the darkest, you know, when I was in school at the time, do the darkest form of art that I could think. Everything was suicide pretty much when I was doing, when I was at the art institute, everything I did was, it was related to suicide somehow. Um, you know, and he, he helped me with that stuff. So like John, when you go through stuff, like do you feed it or do you like, like how do you deal with it? Uh, you, you brought me, put me on the spot. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I, it was funny cause I thought you were going to start talking about all the times I had to help you with those projects. <laughs> they were always interesting. Yeah, they were fun. Um, no, I don't, I don't feed it. Um, and the story that I'll tell in a little bit will kind of, you know, dictate how I normally handle things, but I don't know. It's, it's a little weird for me because I just look at it at, at like, because I don't, I don't go through what you went through. You know, I didn't go through that, and I don't have the same thoughts that you do. You know, each each person's different in what yeah. they're dealing with. So the way I handle what I go through or what I've what I went through was just to be like, you know, yeah, those things happen. Um, you know, but the things that I'll talk about like made me who I am now. So I don't like kind of. It doesn't anger me that those things happen. I don't like, I don't regret that they happen. So like if it does creep up, well, you know, I, I get like kind of pissed off a little bit and then I just go, well, you got to look at it like the way that you're kind of living your life now is because of those things. Right. You know what I mean? So I really don't, I don't deal with them now as much as I did when we were younger because now I just look at it like it helped build me into who I am now. Yeah. So it basically took you... It- 
so it took it you took the the bad things that happened and it kind of like molded you into the person you are now and you can now not only just live your life like that but then like steer your family towards yeah you know, or away from those type of things and you, you know absolutely which is which is and the, and the thing is thing. too like I'll, I'll get like so stuff will creep up and there'll be times where like things that happened back then like I'll get reminded of something or somebody close to me you know not in my in my house but somebody within within reach of me would say something and it would like bring up thoughts again but yeah. then I would just be like like I said I don't I look at it like I get made for like you know five ten minutes and then I'm just like whatever you know it, it is what it is <laughs> yeah. so I, I try not to let it I, I you know what dude I, I got so angry and so pissed off and I was so fully engulfed in all of it back then right that I that I just look at it like I don't want to let all that come back yeah because like you said you, you have responsibilities you have a family to raise I, I can't be flipping couches with four kids at home you know what I mean like I I just I, I don't bet it back down I don't hide it but I just don't I really just use it as kind of like fuel you yeah. know what I mean to to just be better that's a good way I mean? I mean I I wish that that I was able to do that like I don't know why but like I feel like I you were always good about letting things roll off your shoulder but I was never good at that like well, it's anything. hard for everybody. It's not yeah, an easy thing no, to do. No, it's not easy. You know, but to have that skill—that's a pretty cool. That's a good skill to have. I we say we, you know, my me and my wife talk about that all the time, and and you know, lately I've been like stressing because of, like my work situation, and she always says like you're not the one who stresses. Let me do that because she stresses about like everything. Yeah. So you know, we talk about it all the time, and when I get in that little mini funk now, it's like. Well, like, why are you stressing? Like, you you normally just let things go. And I do, like you said. But And I don't know where that came from. Maybe because I was molded that way with the things that happened. And maybe I was just like, all right, I'm going to stop letting this shit bother me. Right. You know what I mean? Just yeah. let it let it help build you into the person that you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's I, I've just been fortunate enough to be able to handle it that way. Yeah. You know? No, that's definitely a good a good quality to have. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, you're sometimes lucky. you look at it like, whoa. <laughs> but you know, you yeah. just you just keep on going. You know. Yeah. Um. But, but I I get like the um the guilt from like you just said like you know you got to just raise your family and and you know be the head of the household and stuff, and it, it's hard to like it's hard to explain and I'm sure that, that again there's people listening that that feel the same way that like. You know that you have to, and you know that you want to, and you know exactly what you're supposed to do, but you can't do it. And I don't know why you can't do it. Like there's that, there's just that block that like I want to be, I want to be home, and I want to be happy, right? And when I'm sitting there, I'm not there, you know. And it's like, and you know you're not, and you're like, and you know, and Jaron wants to have a catch, and I'm just like. All right, let's. But I'm like, and I'm having a catch with him. But I'm go, I'm, I'm going through the motions. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not fair to him. You know, and it's getting better for me. It's getting easier for me to like. My home life is a lot easier to deal with, with the depression than like work, um, or anything outside of here. Like you know, like trying to get a hold of me sometimes is like, I shut myself off, and like you can't get a hold of me. Like you won't see me on social media. You won't. I won't pick up the phone. I might return a text, 
But that's might, just, might be in a keyword. Yeah. <laughs> but the same, but then it happens to me at work too. Like I'll be in my office and somebody will be calling me and I won't answer the phone just because I'm like, I, I, I'm not, I can't deal with that at that point because I'm trying to, and again, it's not fair to my company. Right. Right. And it's not fair to my boss and my employees, but sometimes I, I just can't like, um, I'm lucky that I got like a boss that's understanding, right? And I'm lucky that I have a um, a supervisor underneath me that um, is a friend to me, right? And like really can like understands what I'm going through and like helps guide my day so that I don't have to deal with certain things, which is you know that's amazing. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know what I would do, but like, it's not. It's and again, I'm gu- I feel guilty about it. Like I'll sit there. In my office, and I'll close the door, and I'll just sit there for like twenty minutes, and I won't do anything, right? And I'm like, I'm just sitting in darkness, right? I don't open my blinds to my window. I don't turn the lights on. Yeah, ever. I've been in your office yeah, before. It's dark. <laughs> yeah. It's completely dark. Yeah. I can't turn the lights on, and I don't know if it's because of <laughs> I'm feeding the beast, right? Or is I really just don't like these. Well, you know what it is. I think, and and I mean, I could be completely wrong because I don't. I'm not around you all the time, but I think it's just how you handle things. I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. I mean, everybody needs, you know, some time to just decompress or whatever, or sit with your thoughts, or you know, think like, all right, I'm feeling this. How do I like? Everybody needs that time. Like, there's, there's. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And and you know what? I mean. From what I see, like how we used to be to how we are now, and you have a family and you're building a family and you have a nice home and you know your beautiful wife and kid and stuff like that, like you're not doing anything wrong. There's times where you have to deal with Frankie. Yeah, you know what I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you know, everybody needs that. No, and you're right, and I think it's important that that people do like take the time to deal with themselves, right? Like, if you don't, you're gonna go, you're gonna drive yourself crazy. Yeah, you'll, you'll go nuts. Yeah. Um, and I'm lucky that that my wife allows me that time to like do the Frankie shit. You know what I mean? Like she's very understanding about what I'm going through and what I've been through and and where I'm at now in my life. Like, believe me, I know she gets frustrated because I would get frustrated if I was her. Like, you know. But that's what it, that's what the whole thing. That's the yeah. good or bad and sickness, yeah. health, all that stuff. The cliche. Yeah. That's that's what it is. Like we went on vacation um, last. We went to Salem for a couple of days, and like for for the couple of days leading up to it, she's worried about who is she going to get on vacation, right? Like she shouldn't have to worry about shit like right. that, right? But she but she but she handles it and she deals with it, and I'm lucky with that. Um, but everybody doesn't have that, you know. So people find a way to cope with it, and like. You know, for me, you know, it was I when I was younger, I found cocaine and I dealt with it through that. Right. Some people find it through alcoholism. Some people find it through cutting. I mean, I went through that stage where I was cutting myself with screwdrivers all the time. Right. It was, you know, you just go through you find whatever you can find to help you deal with it and get through it. Um, I'm lucky I'm in a point and and I'm strong enough now to do this show, you know what I mean? Right. And to talk about it and to, like, tell people, you know, I was molested when I was 10, you know? It, it happened, and, you know, I'm dealing with it now later on in life rather than dealing with it when I was younger. Um, and, you know, but 
like we I said on the first episode, like I don't know if you're born like if it's something you're born with or is it something an action that happens to you or or maybe it's both. Like maybe you just like I don't want I don't, when we do the show going forward too. Like I don't want like the show to be about I was molested. You know what I mean? Like I want it to be about the aftermath, right? You know. And what comes next and what's going forward. And well, you told that story so that people know what this is all about and yeah, why you do it. And then, absolutely. you know, give people an idea. Like, I've seen reaction that you've gotten. It's, you're given, even if it's just listening to you ramble on about something, people were like, I needed that. That's you know what, what this I mean? episode is. I'm just rambling on. Yeah, but it's, but people, <laughs> but some people need that. They need to hear that other people are dealing with it. Yeah. You know no, I mean? and that's, what, that's the whole point of what we're trying to do here. Um is, you know, hopefully somebody can take something, even one word from what, you know, what I'm talking about, what you're going to talk about, and then in future episodes, what people are going to talk about. Um, and there's going to be some really cool guests coming up, which is pretty, I'm pretty excited about. Um, the other thing that I wanted to touch on is um, the, I want to go back to the people that like the positive responses, like the people that reacted to the show, like, they were so brave to like, I don't know anybody that reached out to me. I don't know them personally. Mm -hmm. Like I I either just met them, never met them. Um, Facebook friends, whatever it is like. And for them people to open up to me, like to send me like messages privately and like, you know, there was a lot of people that were like telling me their story and like, I was blown away and I was, it was the day after we did it. And I was like, you know, wow, this is, that's amazing. Like, and it, and it, because people, regardless of what the situation was or what your situation is, like we said, everybody's got something right. And you can relate to somebody else struggling, yep. whether it's, you were molested, whether you, you know, your, your childhood was shitty, whether, you know, you're addicted to heroin, whatever it is, like everybody's got something, you know, and, and that's what people relate to. And that's, and that's a great, you know, the point is to open up dialogue and yep. talk about these things because there's a stigma to depression. There's a stigma that you're crazy, right? That you're, you know, you're not really depressed. You're just, you know, sad. Yeah. You're just you're having sad. a bad day. Yeah. You're exactly like, I want to get rid of, like, when we talk, I, I want all that to go out the window. Like, that's what I, I hope happens through this. Like, it's so important, and I realize it even more after that first episode, that your story is so important to mm -hmm. share with people. Um, and it's, it's, I was afraid to do this second episode because I was thinking to myself, well, that first episode got such a great response. What if the second episode doesn't get any response? And then I said, well, it doesn't matter if it doesn't get any response. If, if As long as somebody listens to it and they never reach out to me ever, as long as they heard, as, you know what I mean? As long yeah. as they heard people talking. Somebody's in, listening. As long as they heard people talking in public about yeah. mental health issues. That's all that matters. Like that, that's what it's about, man. Yep. I don't know. Why do you think that that, that that happened to depression? Like, why do you think, like, there's a stigma with well, it? Well, because for so long it wasn't understood. You know I, I, mean? I was, don't think it still is. And, and you think about like our generation and, you know, the, the generation that came before us. It's not that our parents or, or at least our dads and our fathers weren't understanding. They just they come from a different generation. What You're not you're sad today. You know, snap out of it. Get to work or get to school or go throw a ball around like that's how yeah. they were raised. So they tried to raise us the same way. Right. So up until 
our kids' generation, it was never looked at as, I mean, dude, they're they're just now starting to diagnose like PTSD and all these other things that right. go on, concussions and what the you know the symptoms of that. All these things just weren't talked about. They weren't understood. If you were down one day, it was just like, yeah, ah, he's having a bad day. Right. He'll be fine. Like it just it just wasn't understood. Right. You know what I mean? And people are just starting to understand now that everybody goes through something. Yeah, and that's why you know? when um um when I when I told when I came and told my mom about what happened to me, right? And again, this was like, you know, thirty years later, right? After it happened, you know, and 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 she felt guilty, right? That she didn't know. And I was like, in my I told her, like, how would you know, right? And then like what you just said too, like no one was looking out for that stuff back then. There wasn't a sign of anything. It was like, eh, your son's a little fucked up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, your son's, you know, what's wrong with your son? Why is he sad? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, whatever. It could be whatever, right? But nobody looked for that stuff then. Right. And now, and I don't know, it's never a bad thing to over, overdo it or, like, mm-hmm. overlook for those things. But at the same time, like, you can't, like, I like... You can't make them up either. Yeah, you can't like, like you can't make people think think that there's yeah like possibly I, something I wrong. can't tell my son to be on the lookout for this all the time. Yeah, no. Like he can't live his life like that. No. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, if something does happen, he just knows how to identify. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be able to identify. Yeah, and that's You gotta all. be able. So it's a really it's a different world like with social media and Agreed. and and how these kids are so grown up at such a young age now. You know, like we didn't have to do that. Like, no, we were playing sports, right, in the streets when we were younger, right. And kids now, they're not doing that. No, you know, they're hanging out at the malls. They're, you know, hanging with their friends, and you know, which is fine. But like, kids aren't being kids anymore. Right. You know, which is a, a whole another episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the other thing I the last thing I wanted to talk about before we go to break and then we're going to get into in deeper into your story was um again I'm I'm not trying to make this show about me it's about depression and stuff but I I'm I'm sharing my story with you guys through social media and through this podcast so I just kind of want I'm being transparent and you know I just want to kind of tell everybody what's going on with me and you know so hopefully that they take something from it again but. Um, you know, growing up with me, like, and f- from like conversations we had, like, my faith was always really big in my life. Like, yep. I always just, I always just said, I, it didn't matter. God was going to take care of everything. Like, I, th- that's I was that guy, right? Um, I lost that through this process. Like, yeah. I don't have my. I lost my faith in God. Like. I still believe in God, but I lost my faith. Like we're not speaking, right? right? So, um, I'm in, I'm trying to figure. I'm at the point where, like, um, you know, before I would listen to like Christian rap and metal and stuff like that, right? And now, like, if <clears throat> if I see a post about God, I scroll past it. Yeah, you know, like I'm like I don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? Like, right. and I know some people that are close to me are going to be upset about this. But, like, it's just where I'm at, you know? And I'm going to get a lot of people texting me and, and inboxing me about God loves you and stuff like that. And I know, I believe me, just like just like I said, like, I know that I got to be present in things. I know all that as well, right? right? But I'm, I'm not ready for that. I'm not there. Like, I don't know why I lost the faith, but I lost it. Right. Right? And 
I'm not looking to get it back right now. I'm like I'm I'm in my own thing right now. You know what I mean? Like I get it. It's it's <clears throat> it's hard to explain because it was such a big part of my life for a long time. Like it was almost everything to me. Right? I lost friends because I was so on fire for a while. Right? So to now be completely the other way. It's weird. It's another thing that I'm trying to figure out about myself, right. you know? I don't know if I'm ever going to get back to that, you know? Which, if for a long time, it was my identity, you know? And I don't know if I'm going to get back to that. Which, you know, as a, it, it's sad, right? Because... Well, you, you'll figure it out. I mean, it, it's... in. If you don't, then you don't for a reason. Like, there's a... Like, I know it's cliche. There's a reason <laughs> for everything. But, it, it, I mean, maybe it, you, you went through it and you... you we're in that position and that's what you thought, you know, you wanted to, and now you're just like, uh, I mean, I can live my life without it or, or, or let me figure this part of my life out. And then if that comes back to you, then it comes back right. to you. And I feel like that's where Nothing I'm wrong at. wrong with it. Like, I feel like that's where I'm at. Like, I'm not, I don't blame God for what happened to me. I don't blame, I'm not sitting here like cursing God and, and right. I just, I don't want to hear from him right now. Yeah. Do you know what it. I mean? I get it. So that's kind of where I'm at, but that's kind of, that's kind of like, what's been going on with me from the last episode to this episode. Um, we're going to head to a break and we come back, we're going to get deeper in the John story and um, see where he's at in life right now. This is the broken hearts club. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to the broken hearts club. That was a little yellow card for you. That's one of my favorite Coming songs. at you. Coming at you. <laughs> Hot. The yellow card. Um, so we talked a little bit about, like, you know, how you deal with things and how you handle things, but we didn't really give people the story. Like, we teased it without actually giving them, you know, what it was like for you growing up. Um, so I'll give you the truncated version. Yeah, give us the truncated <laughs> version. We only got, like, 15 minutes left. No, so. it's cool. So basically, how it, it's weird because you, you asked me how I handle things and... I, you know, I, I told you that I use, you know, what I dealt with as kind of like fuel for me. And, and so basically like growing up, most people that may not know my, my parents were divorced at when I was about three years old. Um, and my dad got with my current stepmom almost immediately after. So there was a lot of like bouncing back and forth. Um, and because of that, I don't remember a lot of what happened in the early years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah where I was, where we were living. Um, my mom was in a position where she, we bounced around a lot. It was funny because I started writing some stuff down. I've been kicking around the idea of, of putting my thoughts down in, in like in notes and, and book form and stuff like that. And like, it really started to blow my mind when I started like keeping track of all the different places I lived and the different mm -hmm. schools I went to, like, you know, bouncing around, like, in between school years, like in the middle of class. Yeah. You know, so being, you know, being bounced around. And I remember vividly when I was about 11 years old, I had to go to court to decide who I wanted to live with. Yeah. Because they both had had enough of me bouncing back and forth. Um, and at the time with the situation that my mom was in, I decided that even though that situation wasn't all that great, I felt as the oldest, I should probably go live with her to help her, to be there for her, yeah. whatever. Even at, like at 11 years old, I'm making this decision. Right. You know what I mean? Which is insane to me. So I go and I do that and I go move with her and everything just like, just starts like taking a nosedive after that. Like my grades, like 
living conditions, like everything. I had to start raising my little brothers um, because their fathers weren't around. And, you know, there's four of us and there's, a, you know, three different dads and, and those guys were never around. And I'm raising them at like 13 years old. I'm raising kids, right? And the the one father that did stay around, not my dad, but my brother's dad, was a total junkie piece of shit. Right. Just, you know, scumbag, you know, the worst of the worst. In and out of jail. Um, I mean, dude, I was, I was woken up in the middle of nights at like 12 years old hearing my mom screaming because she's getting beat. Um, I'm getting woken up in the middle of the night to go on drug runs at like 2 in the morning just because they had to take me in the car. Yeah, well, they, they couldn't leave me by myself, right? right? Um, one story I, I told my wife not too long ago, we go down. I remember the street like it was yesterday. We go down the street, and he's buying drugs, and the, the drug dealer is standing by the car at the back. I'm, I'm in the back seat. He's standing by the back seat with his buddy, his buddy takes a gun out of his waistband and shows it to me. I'm like 12. Right. Shows it to me and tells my mom, I better stop looking at him or else. Like I got, and, and I remember the exact words were, your son's got really good eyes on him. Like I'm 12. <laughs> yeah, I guess he thought I was like trying to like yeah. witness something. <laughs> so like my, I remember my mom like shoving my head down into the seat. But like that was like the norm for me. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we we were constantly bouncing to different houses. I was never able to establish friendships. I was never able to establish like you know classmates that I would get to know and go over to their house. Like there was no play dates like there are now and stuff like that. There was no like going to the playground, doing this with like friends. There was none of that. Right. You know. And and from age like twelve to about, I mean, I, I from from about twelve to fourteen was was about the worst um about a two year three year span where i mean i would go in to brush my teeth and open up the drawer to get my toothbrush and there was like like spoons and needles and shit in my drawer like with my toothbrush like that's the life yeah. i had to live right there was times where like this guy would be like he'd take a bad hit and he would smash the house up because right. he thought there was like people in the house like this is this is like everyday life you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're not supposed to live everyday life like that. Yep. And there's thousands of people out there, millions of people out there that live like that. Yeah. I get it. But my strength and where I was able to finally get away from that, and, and, and let me just preface this by saying, in that situation, my dad was always there. So I was fortunate that I was able to, on the weekends, go and be with him. Get, go to a normal life. Like Trevo's to me when you're t like in that situation yeah. felt like it was a thousand miles away. Yeah. Yep. Like I felt like, man, I'm going to the suburbs. I'm yeah. getting out of that city life. So I was fortunate enough to still have that and all my cousins and everybody like my aunts and uncles that, you know, were close. So I was able to have that. So where I really started to kind of take control of my life, I was about 14 and you know, is when you and your family came into my life. Your mom and dad, your sister, your brother. Obviously, I went to school with your brother. But at 14, like, I made a conscious decision that I didn't want to be at my house no more. I, I started hanging with your brother. And then when I started to see how, like, your family lived their life, you know, your mom and dad always told each other, you know, they would joke with each other, but you knew they loved each other. Yeah. 
and you know they treated you guys with respect. You guys went and made your own decision, from what I could see. You know, and then you you know I started kind of hanging out more, and then I eventually got to the point where I was just like, this is where I want to be. Like I don't I don't want to be home no more. Like I like I'm getting good sleep now. I'm not being woken up <laughs> right. to go like commit crimes and shit. Like right. I this is what life is supposed to be, right? So your mom and dad could have been like, listen, you know, you're here all the time, like whatever. They could have just been like, you need to go home. But like your mom and dad took me and like, they essentially made me their fourth kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was there all the time. Right. Family you know, reunions. All the, I mean, I was yeah. going to family reunions and, and your aunts and uncles were my aunts and uncles. Yep. You know, they, they all called me their John. Oh, my John's here. Like, yeah. to me, like, I was like, this is, this is what it's supposed to be like. Like, this is crazy <laughs> to me. Right? right. You know, so. Like, the Donahue family came into my life at such an integral part. Like, I have a feeling, and I tell my wife this all the time, and, and steps have happened after that, but I don't know, and it, like, it actually scares me to think what would have happened if you and your family didn't come at that point. Right. Like, I don't know where I would have ended up. Yeah. Because there was no path at all. There was no direction at all. I hardly going to school. When I did go, I didn't do shit. You know what I mean? Like I, I was just like lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not in. If you look at like family pictures, I'm not in family pictures. I'm, I'm always looking like, where was I? Like where was I in life that I like? I see pictures of all my cousins who were the same age, and I'm like, I'm not in pictures with them. Like yeah. where was I? Right. You know what I mean? Like what was I doing? You're in some of my family pictures. Yeah, but like I'm in your family <laughs> pictures. Like, but like the Donahue family and like your mom and dad. It, in particular, like, just for some reason felt, I don't know, like, I, I don't think they thought I was, like, a charity case or they thought, like, you know, whatever. But for just some reason, they just embraced me as one of their own. Right. And, like, you don't even understand, like, how indebted I am to the, them people. Like, yeah. I mean, your whole family just insane. Um, but it just, it gave me, like, a sense of purpose. It gave me, like, you know... Fa wait, what family feels like it, it you know you and your brother and your sister like treat me even now to this day you know when Tracy texts me she'll say like I love you bro or, or like on National Siblings Day she right. puts me in like you guys don't need to do that right you know what I mean and I always felt like I owed them the world you know like constant giving me rides home and buying me food and and you know, your mom letting me steal their cl your clothes and stuff like that. Just mm -hmm. little things like that. I was always able to have a sense of purpose. You know what I mean? A yeah. sense of feeling. Absolutely. And it just, it was such an important part of my life. Like, dude, before that, I, I mean, I, I remember times like I was standing on corners, you know, we were stealing shit. I was, we were fighting people, you know, like neighborhood battles. Yeah. There was a time when... I, so there's there's just two different neighborhoods, and I know we're kind of running close, but two different neighborhoods. I'm like 11 at this point, and the two different neighborhoods that I lived in were like beefing, like to the point where like they were shooting at each other, yeah. right? So I I hear a story in the one neighborhood I'm in, and they go, you know, you know we're going to go get this neighborhood. We're going to do this. So like I drove my bike over to the other neighborhood to tell like my former friends, <laughs> right. like watch your back. But as I'm coming back, the one guy from this neighborhood, we called him Caveman Jim because he had these long, this long hair. He was real big. He saw me and he's like, I thought I told you to go in. And I was like, oh, I, I, like I started making up all these. I'm 11 at yeah. this point. And like 
he's got a gun in his hand. And like I'm talking to this dude, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like at like midnight. Yeah. At like eleven. <laughs> right. So this and and it leads into this the you know and, and I'm kind of bouncing all over because it's all these different things that that's what this show is. That happen. But so after this incident, I'm I, I go to school the next day, I go to next school the next morning, and my my routine was I would walk down Taconi to go back home. So I'm walking down Taconi and here comes Caveman Jim and one of the other neighborhood guys who used to sit on the corner all day and just drink. That's all they did. Yeah. They're coming in a car. So Jim goes, Do you want to ride home? I'm like, nah, I'm good. He goes, no, no, we're going to give you a ride home. He got out and made me get in the car, right? Mm. And essentially, like, kidnapped me. Yeah. Because we were gone for hours. I had no idea where I was. Yeah. The only thing now, because I live close to there, I remember a Burger King in, like, Pendel, because he stopped to feed me. But I was, like, in tears. Yeah. He wanted to show me that he didn't appreciate that I went against his orders the night before. So he essentially like kidnapped me for the day. Right. Like these are two dudes. I'm driving in a car on 95 with two dudes. I don't even know. Yeah. At 11. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, and I, like I said, I'm bouncing all these different stories because these are all different things that like, like, dude, I would walk home, you know, miles and miles at, at nighttime and, and, you know, thank God, knock on wood, nothing ever seriously happened. And like, you know, this, the kidnapping thing and the, and the guns and the, and, you know, I was shot at, you know, li- living in, in right off of uh, Frankfurt and Wheat Chief, standing there with my friends and, and, a, and a rival quote unquote gang came up <laughs> and they pulled out a gun and we took off and they're shooting at us. Like, you're not supposed to live like that. Right. You're not supposed to live like that. I know, I, like I said, I know millions of people live a life like that, but you expect as a kid, like at 11, 12 years old, that people are going to like, be there for you and protect you and like keep you from those things. But because we bounced around so much and because we went from house to house and you know, we were on section eight and we were on food stamps and we were doing all this other stuff. It's like, like I almost lived in the projects. I almost did this, almost did that. It's like you look back now and, and I, you asked me at the beginning of the show how I handle it. I look at it like, the things that I dealt with, the things that I went through, all the all the sad times and all the the beatings and the drugs and the you know getting guns pointed at you and shit like that. My whole purpose in life is so that my four kids and I have four boys never ever ever have to see any of that. Right, they ever. never have to live it. Like I'll move to the moon if I have to to keep them from ever having to see any of that. Yeah. So that's what I use as fuel. I use that as no matter how bad it was for me, I look at it and I go, well, you know what? Maybe I was put in that position so that one day I could raise my kids and not put them in that position to not ever have to deal with that. You know what I mean? So, and, and listen, listen, my relationship, and I'm going to be completely candid. My relationship with my mom is damaged because of it. Yeah. My relationship with my brothers isn't as good as it probably should be because I was gone the first chance I got. Yeah. You know, and they didn't have their dad around, so I was really the only one there for them. Right. But I bounced as soon as I got a chance to. So those relationships are damaged, and some of those relationships will just never be what they probably should be because I just look at it like, how could you allow that to happen? Yeah. How could you? Like, there was times where this guy would go away, and we were supposed to never have to deal with him again, and then he'd be back. And I'm like, at what point do you yeah. look at it when and go, you, yeah. all right, I got past this situation. Like, 
we're not going to deal with that anymore. You right. know what I mean? It yeah. just never was like that. I mean, dude, I was left alone. I was taken out of schools in the middle of days because my mom and dad were beefing. I was, le- I was pulled out of windows by cops because I was left alone and my dad found out about it. Right. So he came down and got me like, you're not, you're not supposed to live like yeah. that as a kid. Yeah. And because of that, I get, I, I find myself getting, the only time that it bothers me is when I see like people who have this gigantic group of friends and people that they grew up with and they all, you know, they all grew up partying together and went to school together. And I look at it like, man, sometimes I wish I could have had that. But what doesn't upset me about that is when I know I have you and I know I have my wife and I know I have my kids. And really to me, like that's all I really need. Right. You know what I mean? Like at, at the end of the day, like I could get upset about it, but I don't. Yeah. Because me and you've had those times together. Me and your brother have had that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Have we ever had 50 friends that would go out into the bar and hang out now? But I kind of don't need that. Right. You know what I mean? Like we, yeah, we had our times together. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like when you ask me, like, how do I deal with it? I just look at it like that. You know what? I don't have all these things, but maybe I don't need them. You know what I mean? Maybe what I have is good enough. So I look at it like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You, you know, my wife coming into my life when she did is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And that's not even me, you know, sucking up that it literally, (laughs) you guys came in at the right time and then she came in at the right time. And then I had, you know, my kids and everything just like, I've been super fortunate that everything has been able to happen at the right time for me. Yeah. I remember, um, with your wife, like, so you were with, you were in our house, right? For, uh, for a while. And then, but there was, there was a time where I don't, I, we never talked about it, but there was a time where I felt like you were at an age where like, all right, this was awesome, but this isn't. I, I need my own thing now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and then Missy came in at the perfect time because like, then you were gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you, you and her were together all the time and, you know, and then you just were kind of out of the house and you were doing your own thing. I mean, I was and living I with you, you guys. That. I was living with you guys from like 14 till about 18. And, you know, it did, I mean, you know, your, your family was there for me. And I, and I, like I said, I'm indebted for the rest of my life to them. But there was a time where it got like, you know, probably a little stressful for everybody. You know what I mean? Anthony was doing his thing and there was times where like, it was just me at the house with them. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. I'm sure it, it weighed on your parents a little bit towards the end there. But when she came around, it like hit me like a Mack truck. I was like, yeah, this is, this is it. This is where like I need to be. Now. Right. And like I did, I was around her all the time. Right. You know what I mean? And within a year and a half, we, <laughs> we had our first son. <laughs> so, I mean, it, you know, every, it, I owe you guys so much for getting me out of like an absolute nightmare of a, of a life that I was living. And then I owe her so much because she helped take me from what you guys molded me into and started to show me like, all right, this is what life is now. This is how you take it and build a life now. Yeah. You know, you can't live with the Donahue's your whole life. This is how we're going to build a life together. Right. And like, like I said, dude, I, I, I can't have many complaints in life, dude, because I really was fortunate that certain people that are very important to me came into life at the right time. Yeah. Because I, I, it scares me to think of what, what could have happened. Yeah. Because there was just, there really was no direction, dude. Yeah. 
I mean, I got friends that are just no longer with us because they never had that. Yeah. Like, I'm like, out. do I, what if I ended up like that? Like, right. do I end up in jail? Do I end up dead? Like, it just, I'm very fortunate. Very, very, very fortunate that I was able to, to have um, that. For, so the so the kind of bring a full circle. It's funny that like you know you found that place where you needed to be with my family right when you needed it, and then like we talked about on the first episode, you guys and you and Missy and your family were there for me when I needed that right. structure. Like oh, that's right. This is what a normal life was like. I forgot. And little do we know we were helping each other at the same time. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's crazy. Yeah. But that's what that's what it's all about, and that's why I don't get upset when I don't have that group of friends, and I don't get, you know, bothered. And and like you said, when we first started two on five sports, and we were doing all this, how crazy is it that everything we've been doing in the last two and a half years, like we're doing together? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's it. Just shows you that you don't need all that extra bullshit. You don't need to have that college life and you don't need to have all the buddies and all that other like all that club life and all that other stuff and and that's great everybody went through it that's great but you don't need it right if you have yourself a, a great group of of small friends and family that's really all you need yeah you know what i mean Th- this is really a love story between you and me <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna like hu- we got three minutes left yeah. i mean we could probably hug it out no i'm not gonna i'm gonna give these numbers out we um, love each other and we don't i think we've we haven't even like handshake no, it's more awkward. than like three times. It's awkward to handshake you. <laughs> Your hands are so much bigger than mine. Um, I just want to, um, before we go, I just want to give these numbers out um, for anybody that may be uh, struggling or uh, need somebody to talk to. Um, these are some places where you can get help. Um, the National Hope Line Network, that's 1-800-784-2433. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, that's one 800 273-8255 RAIN which is Rape, Abuse and Incest National Network that's 1-800-656-4673 they also have a 24 hour anonymous online chat room which you can um, talk to somebody that way um, there's also the Trevor Project which um, is for the LGBTQ community you can reach them at 1-866-488-7386 and also a treatment referral hotline for substance abuse is 1-800-662-4357. If you need help, find help. It's out there for you, whether it's from your best friend or from a therapist or your personal doctor or, you know, your pre your preacher, your pastor, your deacon, whatever you need. Talk to somebody. Um, tell them your story because your story is important for you and for the other people that are going to hear it. Um, I want to thank everybody for um, tuning in again and for your patience for the second episode. Um, I, I want to thank for all the feedback and all the positive response I got. And uh, thanks for sticking with me and helping me through what I'm going through. And uh, I love all you guys. And we'll talk to you next month.